guys. Welcome to the stereo version of Overcrest. We hope you like the intro in stereo. We hope we're driving by. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. And uh, we've got a fun news episode for you guys we today. We do. Yes, we have uh, all sorts of news from the Frankfurt Auto Show. Elon Musk is dumb, but maybe not. And now Kevin Hart is even shorter. That's a bad joke. <laughs> no, it's too soon. Too soon? Uh, that's a bad joke. All right. Before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about Patreon. What can you tell me? That's right. If you head over to patreon.com slash overcrest you can sign up to be a patreon subscriber of our show what does that get you well for as low as five dollars a month you get exclusive content we record these episodes exclusively for patreon members right and we also give every single episode out immediately after we record it right. so you're hearing this on monday if you're one of these plebeians that is a cheapskate not subscribing to patreon <laughs> but all those guys they've heard it on friday Actually, Thursday night. Yeah, actually Thursday night, probably so, Friday morning. Along with that, uh, there's a couple other different levels in there. The you new T-shirts. We got new T-shirts. New T-shirts. Um, yes. I'm gonna see if anybody's been a Patreon for more than a year. Okay. I'm gonna send them another T-shirt. If Perfect. They're the, if they're at the ten dollar level. Yep. I'm gonna send them another T-shirt of the updated T-shirt if they've been a Patreon for me free gear as of this month. I like so it. So that we're gonna we're gonna get everybody an updated shirt. Otherwise, you get a shirt for ten bucks. You get a print for twenty five. Yep. And, and I was I, looking for some other new stuff to to do. And here's the thing. What's that? I don't sell prints. Oh, I don't interesting. Do I, I don't sell I didn't prints. Realize that. Outside of this, outside of Patreon, and I donated one to Checked It Out Chicago for yep. charity, I don't sell prints. You know so why? Is, why? Because if you want a picture of a car in a beautiful place, get in your car and go there and take your own picture. <laughs> yeah. So I don't sell prints because everybody wants a picture of, my, of a car out in the you know, desert or whatever. Right. Go get out there, do it yourself. But hey, if you're a Patreon member, then you I'll, can. I'll, I'll, I'll do it for okay. you. We'll, I like we'll it. Get you, we'll get you sorted out. All right, what have we got? What's our first story? Our it's, story, I think, so, should start what? What should start by noting that Porsche did a Nurburgring in the Tacan. Correct. And or Nurburgring lap, and they did yep. seven on seven minutes forty two seconds. And then the day after, <laughs> somebody the Tacon comes somebody out, hit Twitter. Somebody was on Twitter, and you're going to say, "Well, it's Donald Trump." You would be wrong. It is actually Elon Musk went on Twitter and he said, um, "Model Tesla Model S on Nurburgring next week." Yes, which is interesting because things don't really work <laughs> that way at the Nurburgring. So, um, Roden Track did a little bit of footwork on this, okay. and a representative for the Nur for the German track told Roden Track in an email that Tesla did not send us a record request, did not rent an exclusive time slot. The representative further said that the Nordschleife is. Fully booked through the season. Added, <laughs> I think there's no availability for Tesla to set up a record attempt in the next days. So yeah. basically, manufacturers, Oops. it's you can't just go out there and do it. No, otherwise you're, you're going to schedule this ahead of time. Right. There's there's open track times, so yep. you can just go out and I, there's like a Turin wagon, Turin friggin' Turin. It's like a tour, like you can do a tour of the Nurburgring. It's right. a thing. You buy a ticket. Oh, I'd never heard Turin. It's the it's That's the German the word for it. Yeah, okay, I don't know what it is. Cool. So you buy a ticket. Yeah, there's literally a bus out of a wristband. <laughs> yeah, and you go out and you can drive it. Yeah. And it's common rules apply. So if yeah. you're on the Nurburgring, you pass on the outside. Left. Always. Not on the outside. It's not this isn't track law. Oh. This is you pass road. on the left. Low. You pass okay. on the left, just like you would on a regular I road. I got you. Interesting. So, so you say the right, you turn your blinker, and people pass to the left on these days. Ah, gotcha. And so you can't just go out there and start hauling the mail in a new Tesla and just try and set lap times. They, they, they will not let you do it. You no. have to be 
part of it. You have to reserve the track for the day, right? which I'm guessing is very expensive. And probably you need to do ahead of time yeah. some sort of, you know. Yeah. So there was a response from Tesla. Okay. Tesla is, this is later, Tesla is excited to be, to be the part of an industry pool testing community next week at the Nürburgring. Our participation is confirmed and contracted by the Nürburgring. Wait. So what is an industry pool test? Okay, so this is where like a bunch of manufacturers get together, rent the track out for the day, and then just drive around in the Nürburgring. But you're still not doing record attempts. No, because that needs to be days. officiated. So industry pool is the name for the Nürburgring's open lapping test sessions reserved exclusively for automakers and auto industry suppliers. You've likely seen spy photos oh. or videos from industry pool sessions. This is where automakers and suppliers test and tune their prototype vehicles on the ring. Lap timing is prohibited. During industry <laughs> pool sessions. So here's the thing. Maybe they were going to do this anyway. Yeah. But Elon should have, the day after the Takan, it was obvious what he was doing. Right. It was obvious that he was puffing up his chest yeah. at the Takan came up because everybody was just basically saying, well, Tesla's yeah. dead, right? A lot, um, unless you're a Tesla fanboy, it's very obvious that the Takan is the better car. Even it Obviously, it costs $50,000 more now. Mm -hmm. But we're not going to get into that whole argument again. We're no. not going to read that. We've, we've beaten that horse. There's often heavy traffic with everything from supercars to SUVs. And while drivers can occasionally run a fast segment when traffic allows, it's impossible and against the rules to run a complete lap at full speed during industry pool time. Yeah. Because there's not people doing, doing all kinds of things. A full hot they're lap. testing brakes. They're testing cooling systems. They're testing, you know, mm -hmm. gearing. Maybe they're going around the whole track in third gear. You know who knows what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, I you know they're stressing the car. They're doing yeah. they're doing things that they can't necessarily do on public roads outside of middle of nowhere Nevada or Africa or who knows where. Where they're you can also do whatever you want. Testing. Not yeah. everybody has VW's test track. I mean, I guess you have the proving grounds. Chrysler's got proving grounds. Right, New Mexico and stuff like that. Everyone loves the Nurburgring. They love the Nurburgring. You can go you and can then you can put the little byline on it that says tuned on the Nurburgring. That's right. So but, I do but, have a question for you, Chris. Okay. And is this because I've driven the Nurburgring like twice? No, no. This is because is Tesla because has always around? has already been in the Nurburgring. So we already had made this comparison saying, well, we know that a Tesla had done it before in eight minutes something. But that was an amateur driver. Okay. And it wasn't prepped for the track at right. all. So are they going to be prepping a car? Here's the thing. It is a new car. Oh. Okay. So enter a new Model S, the Model S Plaid. The Plaid edition. Will it come with a plaid Enough interior? Enough with the immature names. Stop. Just stop what with else the is plaid. Immature? The plaid is from, uh, what's the movie that's like Star Wars, but not? It's a it's a comedy with the, the uh, space balls. Yeah. Plaid is faster than light speed. If you're going plaid, it's really, really fast. And space oh, balls. is that where that came that's from? Where it, that's where Ludacris comes from, oh. too. It's so infantile. If we can get away from the whoopee cushions and the crackling the bonfire on the it. screen and the plaid. But guess who doesn't love it? Regular people don't give a shit. They don't care. They don't care. It's Well, they stupid. don't care negatively either. I don't know. If I was just regular Joe Smo and the car was called plaid edition. I would expect I would... plaid inserts in the seat, first of all. <laughs> yes. Yes. You 100%. Would I'm disappointed sort of there are some not sort of tartan. plaid tartan right, so, inserts. Plaid won't simply be a performance mode like ludicrous, but an entirely new powertrain. For the Model S, that's confirmed. You know, you shouldn't have given me that Fireball or whatever we drank. Yeah, you like Fireball, so I was being nice. I poured you some. By the end of the episode, I'm going to be on the floor. 
<laughs> it's expected to feature a three-motor setup with two motors at the rear axle and the third motor at the front axle. Sure. Okay. The car will also have some chassis upgrades designed to make maximum use of the extra juice. Is that what we're going to call them now? It's, it's got more juice because, you know, you think we've, juice of power, right? Yeah, we've juice always like kind of said that. Yeah. yeah, it's got some extra juice in it. But for electric cars, that really kind of makes sense. It does, yeah. Yeah, it got some extra juice. I, like, I kind of like it. <laughs> <laughs> Judging by the fender extensions on the prototype, Tesla may incorporate a wider track front and rear. It also appears that the prototype is running carbon ceramic brake rotors. So I will say one thing. Did you see the picture of the prototype? It looks pretty good. It looks good. It looks cool. I mean, judging it's a Tesla, it looks like a stanced out performance Tesla. It does. And it's got uh, bigger wheels and it's got like a little. It's got concavity to the wheels, which I really like. It's got a wing that they just bolted onto the car, which kind of looks rad. Agreed. You know, it kind of yeah. looks, looks rebel a little bit. Um, extra air passages in the lower front fascia and makeshift rear spoiler can be seen Make on the shift. spot. <laughs> it is totally. It looks like someone cut it out with scissors. I mean, this or, would have been on Mad Max's car, yeah, throwing absolutely. back to our other yeah, episode absolutely. last week. Finally, it looks like the prototype is also riding on lowered suspension. The mm -hmm. thing is for sure. slammed. Yes. So here's the thing. Mm -hmm. All of these upgrades are aimed at honing the Model S for the track. A separate Plaid prototype has already been lapped, has already lapped Laguna Seca in a time of 136.5, which is faster than any production four-door car. Okay. So this goes to your point, first of all, they had already been planning this. Yes, I think think so the fact but that i don't already think, have a time but i don't think elon understood what was going on because i think he's probably removed from the situation sure he's just crazy guy that's he's the visionary visionary he's not in so the, tesla said it's yeah. nurburgring testing is only to gather data isn't is but, only to gather data but a record attempt in the future is entirely possible blah 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 so blah. so let, let's do it let's i'm i'm in i'm in how cool would it be is, yeah i'm in if we can get an American company. Obviously, the Corvette's been doing it, but Corvette is mid-engine now, and nobody cares. So now we've got this other thing <laughs> that can take down Porsche, which is kind of cool because Porsche's king of the track. This is coming from you. You're I, all of a sudden go Tesla. I'm not go Tesla. I'm go competition. Yeah, I'm go competition. If we can get some competition out of this, get some drama, I'm for it. Because like right now, Porsche's been at the Nürburgring with the GT cars just going faster and faster and faster. Right. And I it's think like Lamborghini that's... put down a fast lap or something, but who cares? It's Lamborghini. Nobody likes Lamborghini anyway. And I don't think Except people with really... tank tops and curly chest hair. <laughs> it's just nobody cares anymore. <laughs> okay. Nobody cares. So this is kind of interesting to see. It's it's the first time we've seen a, a lap battle against electric with electric cars. It's yeah. the first. It's the impetus so... of... What we might be seeing in the this future. will be interesting. Our one of our last stories here today. You didn't see this one. I put this one in last minute. Okay. Where we have a quote from Porsche's head of EV projects as well. Okay. Something very interesting. Okay, so we're gonna get there. We will get there. Okay, so here's another thing. One of the big things that people that love Tesla are saying is, oh, well, this is way cheaper than the Tacan. Right. This won't be. This has got to be another twenty grand. If you're going to have carbon ceramic brake rotors, that's if you go, if you have a car with carbon ceramic brake rotors and you want to replace them, yeah, it's it's, it's like fifteen thousand dollars. It's expensive, so I expect this thing to be at least one hundred twenty, one hundred thirty thousand dollars. True, it'll be right there. It'll be right there, which is it better better be able to win. And if it's putting up, I would like to see. Here's what I want to have happen. What's that? I want Porsche to take the Tacan mm -hmm. to Laguna Seca. Same. That's, 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 that's the next logical step of this. Right. You say, oh, they did that? Well, okay, here's this. But you got to keep in mind they're German, so they're probably like, 
that we know we could beat them. We don't care. They're French all of a sudden? Is that French? Yes. Ah, we, oh, yes <laughs> I'll, leave the, I'll leave the accents up to you. Okay. <laughs> Onwards to Frankfurt News. Yes. And so the Frankfurt Auto Show is, is every now. year. It's now. It's going on right now. Cool. Um, here's the thing is I'm really liking what I've seen from Hyundai at the show. Really? Yeah, they have a hatchback that's really, really cool. And I really, it's not coming here, of course. Right. I think I have it later. Let me look. I might have deleted it because I don't want to talk about Hyundai too much. Well, it's the first story here. Yeah, this this one I want to talk about. So they have a hatchback that we'll never get that looks, okay. it looks rad. I really like it. It's got okay. like a 300 horsepower hatchback, which we will never have. Um, and then they have a cool EV concept thingy that they that they have. It's an homage to its heritage and reimagined for the future. Uh, this is from their what press. Is, what is Hyundai's heritage? Okay, so I'm going to tell you. Um, the 45, which is the name of the car, foreshadows a new era of Hyundai's automotive design focused on electrification, autonomous technologies, and Ab- intelligent design. The, the progressive yes. 45 puts a twist on a 45-year-old icon, the Hyundai Pony Coupe. The Pony Coupe. So if you look up the pictures of the Pony Coupe, it's kind of a cool little car. Yeah. Um, and if you the put them side by side, there. the thing is, is you could almost put any hatchback next to this car and be like, oh, it's an homage to that. Yeah. Because all hatchbacks kind of have the same shape. Yeah, at least the same angles. Yeah, so this thing looks cool, and it's based on the 74 Pony Coupe. Um, the taillights are neat. Now, you know how all of the the new cars, when you see them out, their LED headlights are mm-hmm. just one line, mm-hmm. right? It's just like this glowing. The taillights, you mean? Or headlights, too. Underneath okay. the headlights, you see, like, on the Audis and stuff like that. Right. It's got the glowing line, um, and Porsches have it, too. Oh, yeah. And before, like, if you're thinking maybe 2010, 2010, they weren't quite advanced enough yet, and they were dots. Sure. Like, if you like a Touareg or something... Instead of having the line, yeah, I know what you're talking. about. You can see almost like the individual you pixels, see the individual, and they're of they're spaced the out by like three quarters of an sure. inch. And that was kind of like a sign of, oh, that's the older version. Okay, they didn't get the newer version. The next model year has the just the solid line. But so these taillights are kind of neat. They have an old school look with a row of LED bulbs rather than the common theme that we see now with the LED bar. But sure. it's done really, really well, and it's done around the different parts of the car. So if you walk up to the car on the side, it'll tell you how much range you have. Oh, cool! You walk I got car. you now. There's little LED displays, but they're all old school, like uh, like a it's like an old school scoreboard where it's you know yeah the individual dot matrix almost. dot matrix sure. dot matrix almost. Um, generally, I think that signifies. Uh, oh, sorry. Others cool design elements on the exterior include a battery status bar under the door sill on each side mm-hmm. that immediately informs passengers the charge level of the car's battery before getting in. Rear indicators. Seated in the rear window, doors that open and pivot up against the body instead of out, which will obviously not make not, it to production. Not it. Cameras with little motorized brushes in places of side mirrors and these incredible What's massive. With, why, why the brushes? I don't know. Is that like a windshield wiper so, for your uh, camera now? Yeah, maybe it goes. <laughs> and then it wipes the dust off the mirror. Um, and of course, these massive turbine wheels, which look really cool. So if you want to see this thing, look it up. It's the Hyundai 40, uh, 45 EV concept. Yes. Um, one thing I really like is uh, <laughs> they said the interior was inspired by mm-hmm. furniture. Okay. <laughs> Which really sounds great. Why not? I, I guess. Mean, yeah. Furniture is only designed you, to be comfy. Do and... you like furniture? That is false. Furniture is not always designed to be comfortable. Look at that chair that's about... 15 feet away from me. My chair? Your chair, which is a $4,000 chair, yeah. is not comfortable. It sure looks cool, though. <laughs> but I think that uh, being designed for furniture is, is kind of a cool idea. I like it. And I there's can see a, what they're getting There's like at. this LED screen that sits 
in the wood grain of the dash. In the wood grain of the dash. On the picture, there's like some girl laying in a bikini, which, oh, yeah. in, which in today's day and age, I'm not sure exactly. I think that's a child. Please tell me you're wrong. <laughs> which may or may not be worse. Pretty <laughs> sure that's a it is, child. It is yep, a female. 100% a child. It's a female in a bikini. It is, is a, no. If you zoom in, that is a small child in the mother's arms. What? On a boat. Okay, hold on. I got to take a look at this. It's weird, whatever it is. Okay, I got to look and make sure I'm not some sort of weirdo. Um, I mean, I'm obviously... Yeah, we've been... They're looking. Oh, but you can see what I mean, though, right? There's oh yeah, like, no, it's skin and it's weird, weird, yeah, it's, weird it's, photo it's, choice. It's Agreed. strange, but it's like this uh, cool LED that when it's not LED screen, where maybe it's projected or something. I don't know. I don't know. But if when it's not on, all it is is wood. Which sure. I, which I like the idea of that too, just to get rid of some of that stuff. clutter. So yeah. I like that car. That thing is cool. Okay. And here's the things I didn't see a lot of stuff from. Obviously, the Takana's old news. That's cool, but but you look at some of the. Uh, we're gonna get to. Um, something Mercedes did in a little bit, okay. which is weird. And BMW didn't really have anything that excited me. And they unless had something things. Come, they had things. They sure <laughs> did. But oh, that Hyundai stuff looks really, really cool. All right. So say goodbye to the legendary Ford Mustang. No. Not really. Yeah. Say but, goodbye to the purity of the name. How about yo, that? It's, it's over, man. I can't believe they are doing this more than we, half a century. After its introduction, the Ford Mustang Coupe remains the most popular car in its class mm-hmm. and one of the best-selling cars of all time. Mm-hmm. And has actually seen demand grow worldwide in recent years. But are motorists ready for this? An all-electric Mustang SUV. So you and I texted back and <laughs> forth about this. You know, Chris, it's too bad Ford doesn't have any other like iconic SUV brands they could rely on. Such as the Explorer, the, the Expedition, Bronco. the Escape. The, I mean, they have everything. Why do they need to taint the Mustang name? Why are they dragging the Mustang name understand. into this? So Ford has now released a short video teasing the new model, showing a camouflage version undergoing testing at its Smithers winter test. Anytime I think Smithers, I Smithers. think of <laughs> yeah, from Smithers. Smithers. Winter Test Center, about 400 miles north of Detroit. Ford electric vehicles are coming. Yes, and? Right. That's not a surprise to anyone. Um, to ruin the Mustang? Yeah. Why? I don't understand. So let's talk a little bit about what Ford has been doing with electric vehicles for a second. Okay. Uh, the challenge for Ford and its competition is whether buyers will accept their new products. And that's the challenge for everyone right now. Right. right? Um, even with Tesla's strong sales of the Model 3 battery sedan, plug-based models still account for barely 2%. Of the U.S. market. Now, think about this. So, that's across the board. Across the board. In the United States, 2%. But every has manu- a plug-in. Everything, even hybrids. Everything. Yeah. That everybody's selling by 2025, like almost half or more of their model line is going to be electric. Yeah. So, in the next five years, these manufacturers have to convince everyone that this is a good idea. So, Ford says, people are now used to 4 or $5. What? Hold on. Let's play devil's advocate. Okay. What happens if they've spent all this money investing, everything? The mainstream, we know all these early adopters love the Tesla. Right. The early adopters will be the ones buying the Taycan. They'll love that, What does your too. dad drive? What do your parents drive? F-150. Okay. What year? It's a 2013. Okay. So, sort of new. Yeah. Okay. And then a... If it's a 2013, probably in the next several years, going to be buying a new truck. Yes. Okay. And the uh, Jeep Cherokee okay. Trailhawk. So can you... Nice. Yeah. yeah. So can you see them going, oh, yeah. It's, I mean, in, in two or three years... You know years, what I'm getting at. No. No, no way. way. No way. No way. My father-in-law has a 
uh, Ford Edge, which is why not make that? Why, why the Mustang? Yeah, Ford there's Edge. another one. Ford Edge. I can. There's no way, no way, unless he's forced to, right, under threat of a gun, that he's going to buy, buy an electric, electric. car. Not right. going to happen. And so, and he has an F one fifty as well. And he's. It's just. It's never not. It's not going to happen. No. And my dad, that lives in the middle. Of, well, he doesn't live in the middle of nowhere. He drives a Ford Explorer. He's not going to get one. No. My grandparents that drive a Tiguan, they're not going to get one. So here's my So in the next few years, they have to convince all these people. They won't, though. They won't convince them. So what happens if they roll all of this out, and guess what? The sales are going to show what comes and what happens. What if just everyone is buying the traditional cars and these electrics sit on the Used market is going to be wild. It's going to be crazy. Okay, so here's Ford's thought on this topic. Okay. People are now used to 4 or $5 a gallon gasoline. They might gulp at $5 gas, but they wouldn't have the same reaction today as was occurring 10 or 20 years ago when gas prices went crazy, said Bob Taneka, senior technical leader of Ford Electric Bike Vehicles. It would take pump prices rising to double those record levels to change consumer behavior. So Ford is hoping the sex appeal of an electric model invoking the performance of the Mustang muscle car and a battery-powered F-150 pickup will trickle down to other models, such mm-hmm. as large displacement engines that were once the source of bragging rights. These are two of the most iconic vehicles that we produce, he told reporters following his speech at an electric vehicle forum in Detroit. The idea, he said, is to show EVs can be fast and tough and are not just science projects. Now, what did I say Tesla was a last week? Project. It's a science project. <laughs> yeah, no, that's and that pretty is the way spot that most, on. That's the way that most people see it. Yes. They see it as just like this stuff, like imagine something being built by NASA or anything. They just see this as this otherworldly stuff that's the future. It's not something they're ever going to need. Right. I just it's so don't, far out. I, I don't know, man. Right now, there's lots of tariffs going on. Well, they're that's, hurting the car market. They have all this money, billions and billions and billions. Ford has $11 billion. They just bought into Rivian. Huge. I know. Huge. 15.5%. It's so, so, uh, Financial services company Moody's has demoted Ford down to junk status. Really? Yeah. It's Why? the second time this has happened. I know. Hackett, the new CEO, Hackett, the new CEO, well, basically because they don't have, they're not doing well. They're, 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 they killed all the cars. Yeah. Right? And they, I, there was a whole thing about why. It's not interesting. Okay. I don't want to get into it. Okay. It's a financial Fine. crap. Um, but they just know that they've been demoted to junk status. Hackett, the new CEO, took the reins in 2017 after the previous CEO, Mark Fields, was fired amid, amid falling sales. Mm-hmm. A tumbling stock price and a perceived failure to bring about the changes needed to meet the future of transportation. It's probably fair to say Hackett hasn't proved to turn around, be the turnaround artist Ford want him to be. Seems like maybe they are trying to push for EVs harder than other American brands in a bet that it works out. That's my word, sir. So here's my concern. When they were talking about, you know, people will need to have double the gas price they are right now. Mm-hmm. If these companies have invested this much, they can't afford to be wrong. So Here, what are they going to the do? Thing. Here's They're going to, the logical step is, well, we have to artificially inflate gas prices well, to change consumer behavior. The EPA has been trying to do that for a while. I mean, oh, oh, the guy that was in charge of the the Environmental Protection Agency, when Obama was in office, mm-hmm. said that we need to raise gas prices to get people to stop buying V8s and other right. stuff. We need to artificially raise. We need to tax this stuff out of existence okay. and regulate this stuff out of existence. So you're right. I think what we're going to see is we're going to see government working in concert with these companies right. to make it impossible for you to make the choice to not do this. Yeah. Because 
just think of all they're going to look at it and go well we've got all these union jobs that are at stake we've got mm-hmm. all these all these too big to fail companies that are at stake yep. you know tesla's at stake the reputations are at stake and millions of jobs it's not just auto industry jobs those jobs tie into tie into steel industry and other and other blue collar jobs that aren't necessarily they don't have a car brand associated with them so this is millions right, and the millions suppliers of suppliers and everything yeah, else this is millions of jobs and a huge amount of capital investment and the unions are not going to let everything go down. So we'll see what happens. I don't think it's yeah. And this is the first time, you know, today I started thinking about this. Yeah. And this is the first time I've I've really put some thought into this and it doesn't in my mind it doesn't look good because <laughs> you know, you you can look at it from our perspective where we're reading the news every day and we're seeing what's going on. We're like, "Oh, this is great. This is neat. This is interesting." blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. The regular guy that just wants to, you know, grab his claw hammer and go to work with his you know, be a carpenter or, or right. a tile setter or just regular guys that drive to their job at whatever the F they're doing. No, they don't care. They don't care. And they don't, they just want to just, they just want to do their thing. And all this stuff is a giant mystery. Yes. It's new tech. It's They not- don't understand it. They don't like it. They don't want to try something new. And I don't know how you get past that without, you know, grabbing their cheeks and forcing it down their throat. Agreed. Just like you do a dog that doesn't want the, the medicine that's wrapped up in the treat because it knows better. Well, my dog does not. He just sees the treat, and he can see me put the pill in the treat, and he's like, I'm fine with this. <laughs> well, that's every Tesla owner. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move along to BMW at the Frankfurt Auto Show. Which seems to be the saddest story oh, of the entire goodness. show. All right, so... BMW, how far you have fallen. All right. BMW has given us the clearest look yet as it added its redesigned 4 Series with its new Concept 4 that was unveiled on Tuesday at the Frankfurt International Motor Show. Now, Chris, it it was... They should have called it the Concept 2 because all you can see is the two nostrils sitting yeah, in front of the car. Yeah, it's nostrils. Exactly. Yeah, it looks it's... like a giant pig nose what? with the big thing. So its bold representation of the upcoming coupe is dominated. By the oversized grill. It's hideous. It is so hideous. It's really ugly. It's it's too bad. Um, it makes you go, well, you maybe, maybe Chris Bangle wasn't so bad after all. Right. The Bengalized, you know. That stuff is starting to look like it was okay. Right, so let me read you a quote here. Damajago, dam, damagaj, damagaj, du kek is BMW's head of design. Uh, the BMW Concept 4 presents a, quote, Confident and classy take on this iconic feature. At the same time, the BMW 4 Concept 4 offers a look ahead to the expressive face of the 4 Series range. You know what's funny is all the pictures that BMW posted where it's the front of the car, you can't see the grill. Like the lighting is off, so you can't see right. the front end they of the car. Kind of, so, they hit it because they must know. So there's two takeaways, Chris. BMW is clearly signaling that this 4 Series is... So traditionally, the 4 so Series sep- was just a two-door 3 Series. Right. Now they're definitely going to be separating those two designs. So the 4 Series is going to be very unique. Why do why do we need to separate? They just keep, I don't know. They keep going down these different paths. We didn't have paths. a 4 Series a few years ago. I know. We just had a 3 Series. We just series called with, it the 3 Series Coupe. Yeah, it was a sedan versus coupe. Why are we muddling the know. waters here? There must be a reason. They're not... Okay, they're stupid. But they're not. <laughs> they're not ignorant of what... 
they do all kinds of market market testing and brand testing. All and this I'm stuff sorry to through. say that's why they're doing this. Yeah, it's probably because, because my second takeaway is China's market is now dictating BMW's design. And I think that's one of the reasons why Ford was got deranked is because their China sales are bad. Wow. It was one of the reasons why they got turned into junk status is because they, they weren't selling well in China. Interesting. But, All right. Yeah, if you haven't seen this concept before, look at it. It's hideous. All right. So uh, everybody's seen it. I posted it. It's, I know. it's bad. Nobody. I've not. There's been maybe one or two people. Like, yeah, well, I like it. But they probably have bad taste anyway. So <laughs> what is Mercedes doing? Now, this is a wild car. If you open it up and take I, a look. Yeah, I saw the. Is it just a render? Okay. So no, it's a real car. Okay. It exists. And this is a concept car, of course. And it's basically an S-class concept, which is flagship car. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you've got some AMG stuff that's, you know. Sure. But regardless, it's their kind of. It's their long wheelbase yep. luxury car. And sure. They're great. You ever sit in one? You ever get in a brand new S Class and sit there I like at the auto show? I haven't. You no. get there, it's like, funk. And <laughs> the, yeah. And it's, you can't hear anything that's happening outside of the car. All the people walking around and the noise and everything else goes away completely. It's wild. Um, so this is the new car. It's the EQS. And it looks like it's straight out of Tron. Yeah. But or maybe I robots. But or maybe something. I'm. But the thing is, is that used to seem like the future, mm-hmm. the stuff that was in Tron. But now, but now the future seems more like the stuff that Hyundai make is making, like that type of look, because this thing just this thing's too sleek. It is a little sleek. It's a little egg shaped. It's a little too much piping on the seats with the light on the seats. Yeah, it's, with the it's neon. overdone. I think it's overdesigned. It is. It is. It's maximalist. In, in the best, yeah, <laughs> which in, the opposite of minimalist. So there are 940, this is how oh, you know this thing's over the top. There are 940 individual LEDs on 188 circuit boards in the black, pla- black panel section on the grill, flanked by digital headlights that lend a free-floating 3D effect to the front clip. At the rear, Mercedes engineers then installed 229 LEDs flush with the bodywork, and yes, they're all miniature three-pointed stars. J- Okay. Come on. It just, it seems so, look at me. It, ostentatious. It's very ostentatious. It's, it's like the, it's the concept car version of the grill that lights up. Yes, They have exactly. their badge that lights up. This is the car version of that. 100%. So range is supposed to be 400-something miles, 400-something horsepower with 0 to 60, and who cares, because all this stuff is really, really fast. But seeing this thing makes me feel, this is kind of my takeaway from this, is that we're going from now to the future very soon. Mm. Like it's all going. Phew. Just think of the cars that existed five years ago. Just okay. the cars Hold that on. you see I'm driving around. You. Okay. Think of the concept cars that existed at the Frankfurt Auto Show five years ago. Concept cars have always been very futuristic and crazy. Look at the '60s. Everything was jet powered and a bubble. Yeah, but even look so, at, this is not a true representation. No, but look at what Honda's doing with their little whatever, and and what Volkswagen their ID three concept was released. We're not going to talk about it much. No, but it looks really, really futuristic. But it's the production car. It's the production car, and it's got all kinds of the, the panels are weird. Things glow. The, <laughs> Volkswagen redid their logo for this stuff, and it looks more like the wartime Volkswagen logo with the thinner lines, which I don't know if that means they're okay. going to war or Uh-oh. if they bought a bunch of ovens or what's going on over there. <laughs> well, um, hold on, hold on. <laughs> so obviously this is a concept car, like I said, but things are getting super futury right now. Sure. Um, 
Oh, by the way, why are all the steering wheels and concept cars rectangles? Or they're like they're like on a Night Rider where it's just like two just pistol the grips two, yeah, exactly. that you want to drive? The big U shape. I don't know, because it's different. I don't know. So I was wondering, um, I asked Mr. Wynn, who runs Wynn Design, I said, yep. I asked him, how is architecture, fashion, and interior design going to follow suit with the massive design shift in automaking? Yeah. And he says it, 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 it's doesn't, not. it doesn't correlate. He says it's not quite the same thing. He says auto manufacturing and design moves much at a much different pace. So I was wondering if you would see all of a sudden like LEDs on <laughs> all the buildings. Yeah, like if you're going to st- start seeing structures that are shaped like the interiors, like all these organic curves and stuff like that. Right. You're going to start seeing that in in residential areas or industrial applications and stuff like I that. I could see it but that would get dated very very quickly. Yeah, but they don't well, they don't care. They just want to <laughs> sell stuff. And look at look at what's dated right now in architecture. You can be like that was 1997. Every church that was built in the 90s, you can go that church was built in the yeah, 90s because it's red brick and with all. And that's the same thing with uh, if you look at the warehouse districts, the way that they were restored 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, I guess it's just like, oh no, what have you done? <laughs> they make them look too new, but also looking old. Yeah, it's not good. It's not a good look. So we'll see what happens. That's why timeless design is always better, Chris, or just the old design in the first place. You know, it's a lot of the stuff in in Germany and Berlin got changed they got mm-hmm. rid of all the old designs and stuff like that and they stuccoed over a lot of stuff and got rid of things because everything was destroyed and full of bullet holes but all that old stuff gets washed away okay on that note are you, does it make you sad a little bit yeah well that's just how it goes okay so this is cool this is, a is cool, it this is a cool thing that bmw did i think it's because, dumb really yeah. i think this is more of the future of what should be happening okay with Continue. cars okay on Tuesday, this is a short article. On Tuesday at the Frankfurt International Motor Show, BMW rolled, BMW rolled out the Hydrogen Next concept. A BMW X5 fitted with fuel cell electric powertrain and the body kit from an M5. The concept demonstrates BMW's readiness to produce a hydrogen-fueled vehicle and will see limited production in 2022. Volume fuel cell electric vehicles could be ready by 2025. Okay. So, so here's the Any thing. This is what we want. Any fuel cell vehicle has been kind of the pie in the sky for the last... 20 years. I know, but this is what we... And actually, everyone abandoned it because it doesn't make sense. But this is what we want. This is no fossil fuels. Yeah. Ideally, this is what we want. Quote, air quotes. This is what we want. Okay. So we want a fuel cell hybrid. Why? Because it's the most efficient, least wasteful possible way to develop energy for transportation. Well, we're just so skipping have, right to batteries. Well... That's not as good because batteries run off the power grid, I which know. can be dirty. This is the cleanest. Do you way- know what po- what type of power it takes to compress hydrogen to that pressure, though? I don't. Yeah, yeah. You have to refine the hydrogen, create it, refine it, and then pressurize it and transport Are it. Are you again. saying there's no such thing as a free lunch? Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> Where's the perpetual energy machine <laughs> <laughs> on uh, eBay? Yeah, you can buy it. So sure. the, the, really, the coolest thing that BMW had was their new B3 Touring. So this is Alpina, their kind of uh, semi-related uh, tuning house, right? Are they in-house now? They're what the article said something like semi okay. under their umbrella. So sorry. Yeah. Semi-official BMW tuner. Yeah, so this is cool. If means. you want to look it up, you can. It looks badass, but the B3 we're not Alpina it. is the touring, aka the wagon. But it's cool. It who, looks awesome. Who cares? I don't care. It is cool. It's a wagon, but it's not available in the U.S. Yeah. So whatever. Yeah, I actually, after all this, I really, I miss Chris Bangle. Yeah, the Bangleized BMWs. I remember the Seven Series looked so weird with the big headlights and everything. But okay, here's the article I was thinking about earlier. So here is another uh, hatchback that we're not getting, and I'll just briefly run through this. Um, it's the Hyundai 130N. 
So why don't you click on that link and open it? And if you're, okay. you can go through the show notes and you can click on this thing too. It looks rad. You know what it looks like? What a GTI. It looks better than a GTI. If you look at the new GTI, the new Golf, I guess doesn't I look the good. Golf. The new Golf doesn't look good. This looks better, and it's like 296 horsepower, uh, zero six or 271 unpainted carbon fiber and all. Yep. Project C will hit 62 in six seconds. Um, two liter turbocharged inline four with 271 horsepower. Yeah, that's kind of cool. It's cool. All right, so this, but this, at least we're not getting the. Speaking of hatchbacks, we're not getting. At least we're not getting the new Nissan Juke hatchback. We're not getting that. Is that not good? Have you seen the Nissan Juke when you're dri- when they're driving around? Yeah, I don't Where's mind got- the Juke. Come on, dude. I actually like it. No. Yeah, the weird headlights. <laughs> no. Yeah, come yeah. on. Say and then they put so. the GTR drivetrain under one yeah, of them. Yeah, the Nismo. Yeah. The, that's not the GTR drivetrain. The Nismo edition. It's not. No, no, no. But they made a couple one-offs where they put the GTR drivetrain in the Juke. It is super cool. It is one of the ugliest cars, I, modern cars I ever make. Do, right up there with the Murano convertible, which you also see, like. For some reason, I like the uniqueness of these things. I would never buy it, but whatever. All right, let's move on. You've probably seen this story around because it's Kevin Hart, the famous comedian, short yeah, yeah. comedian and actor. Uh, last week, Kevin Hart's Hellcat swapped 1970 Plymouth Barracuda, which I did you know he had this thing? I did not know. Not until it crashed. So he had a Hellcat swapped Barracuda in 1970, was totaled in a rollover crash on Maholland Drive. I think it like rolled down a hill. It like, did, over serious. an embankment. Yeah. Hart was said to have sustained, quote, major back injuries. That's why I said he's probably shorter now. It's <laughs> probably about your height. Yeah, there you go. Uh, he was not the one who was driving when it rolled down the embankment, though. Most notably, though, this is what's. Yes, TMZ is reporting that California officials are using the accident as a means to shape future vehicle legislation. So how are we legislating uh, like hot rod cars that are... According to a CHP source in the original reporting, the department is placing safety harnesses square in their sights, specifically the absence of safety harnesses found in modified vehicles. Furthermore, the department also wanted to ensure that the Hellcat swapped Barracuda was restored properly. Correct. So if gonna, not, okay, wait, if wait, wait. not, it could have raised more eyebrows with the agency. The department is said to have made previously legislative recommendations that helped to shape the restoration of salvaged cars. So, so here's the here's the real punitive thing. Okay, here's how you regulate this. Mm-hmm. This is how you regulate this. Kevin Hart builds a car. Pays right. somebody to build the car. Right. The car, something happens to the car. So this is probably driver error because it's a really hot motor in a chassis that's yeah, not built for it. Yeah, and some other guy, it's some guy's, hey, he's freaking hooning around the corner. And, yep. and but let's say like a ball joint broke or there was some faulty thing that the manufacturer did. You know what the what the regulation is? Kevin Hart sues you and you're done. Exactly. That should the all regulation be self-regulating. It should be self-regulating, but it's so. How is California going to regulate this well, type of thing? Because they already have. Not why? How? No, I know. How? They already have their inspections so you're in gonna, California. You're going to spend $50,000 building a car, and you're going to drive it to the California Highway Patrol Inspection Facility, and they're going to be like, yeah, that's safer. No, sorry, you can't have that there. Or that sway bar is too big. Or the sway bar on the rear is 28 millimeters. The front's only 20. Nope. That thing's going to oversteer. How I don't are- know why they're focusing on this, but according to the source within the CHP, the accident involving Hart's car is being placed in line with numerous other accidents involving classic cars that have resulted in injuries due to not having proper safety restraints. Okay, so basically this thing had the original lap belts. Which 
that's fine. It was built in that era. It's part of why you drive a classic car. But honestly, it's a little dumb to drive around with lap belts or shoulder belts in a Hellcat swapped, probably tuned for more boost. Right. Probably some 800 horsepower monster Barracuda. Come on, dude. Put some race harnesses in the car. Don't be an idiot. Could have. Yeah. Like, but do we really need California saying, hey, I want to protect you from being an idiot? That's why can't we do so well? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So speaking of government overreach. Uh Uh-oh. Did you know that owning an EV or buying an EV is more expensive? Wait. (laughs) But I don't have to pay for gas, Chris. But here's the thing. Some states are passing EV fees that are far in excess of what average motorists motorists pay in gas taxes. Okay. Like when you buy when you buy the car. Instead of getting that government break, so guess what? They're not up to guess how much? 221% more in fees up front when you buy and register the car. As opposed to what your gas would be for that year. No, no, no. This is your registration fees. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Which, so there's like a penalty. We've for, wondered this because guess where all of the DOT's funds come and like road repair comes from? Right. It's mostly fuel sales. Sorry, boys and girls. Just remember, in 1789, <laughs> Benjamin Franklin wrote the following in a letter to Congress. Our new constitution is now established and has an appearance that promises permanency. But in this world, nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes. <laughs> They're going to get theirs. Okay, all this money that they have that they're getting in from gas taxes and road taxes, all this stuff, and registration fees, everything else, they... They're seeing Their budget is based on being able to spend that money. So Mm -hmm. I I forget what kind of budgeting it's called, what the name of it is, but let's say you have a million-dollar budget. Yep. And you tell me if this is how it works in your family, because you're going to say no. Let's say you you spent a million dollars last year. Right. That means next year... If you spend a million dollars, the next year after that, you'll get a million dollar budget. Right. But, but if, but if, if you, you come only in spell, under budget, they will cut your budget. That's corporate America. That is the wildest, most crazy crap I've ever heard in my life. No household operates that way. No, but that is how most departments in corporate America work. Unbelievably stupid. All right. So a new Consumer Reports analysis shows that of the 26 states that currently impose EV fees, 11 charge more than the amount owners of similar gas-powered cars pay in gas taxes, and three charge more than twice the amount. And the trend is potentially for more EV fees. Among the 12 states concerning proposals, 10 would have fees greater than what a driver on average would pay. Seven of those states would ratchet up the fees over time to twice the amount. The move in some states to higher EV fees has been the spearheaded by the American Legislative Executive Ex- or Exchange Council, which otherwise known as ALEC. Everything's got to spell out something, doesn't ALEC. it? ALEC. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which drafted a model resolution to support equal tax treatment for all vehicles. ALEC's resolution calls for eliminating EV tax credits and increasing user fees so that all <laughs> vehicles using public roads share the same cost. The group contends that because vehicles have the heavy battery packs on boards, they exact a greater structural Good toll point. on roads than equivalent gas-powered passenger cars. No, because an Escalade weighs like 5,800 pounds anyway. But that's an interesting take. No, because there's if, if this were true, trucks would pay some odd, weird tax based on weight. Well, they, there's commercial like, trucks do. That's true. That's true. But I yeah. don't. I really don't think they're putting an extra wear and tear. No, no. It's not like the guy driving his F-350 down the road. One other legislator who shall remain unnamed because I don't really care. The federal gas tax is intended to pay for the cost in maintaining the highway system. Yeah. Loris says. Her name's Loris. It is literally highway robbery that EV owners don't pay into the system. I don't disagree with that. 
I don't either. <laughs> but my point is, there's no getting around it, ladies and gentlemen. No, you're paying. Well, they will and figure that's out a why way. Toll They'll... roads, in a way, make sense. And yeah, we have the technology a... where it could be that you use this road. It's all GPS based. It's so easy. It just goes to registration, and it's then you get a, a user bill. fee. It's a user fee. Exactly. I actually got a, a call from the Wichita. Uh oh. Toll roads. Hey, you owe us nineteen dollars. And like, okay, sure, just paid it. Oh, whatever. Um, that's okay, not so. Like you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got my. So I got a letter. I never paid that speeding ticket that in, I Colorado? Got in Colorado. I got a letter that from the state of Minnesota. Oh no! That said your license will be suspended if you don't pay this ticket. <laughs> I was like, ah, you got me. Oh no! The yeah, states talk to like, each other in yeah, the union that we have. Yeah. Well, All right. So we do have some rather exciting news here, Chris. Okay. And this one you hadn't seen before, Porsche is supposedly already in development of its next generation of range-topping hypercar. Hypercar! Hypercar. So Mercedes AMG is working on their Project One, which is essentially a Formula One car for the road. And then we have Aston Martin with the Valkyrie that we've seen some of, which is pairing a V12 engine with a hybrid drivetrain for a combined output of 1,200 horsepower. Okay, so I'm okay with all of these hypercars, generally. Okay. What I don't like, and I'm almost getting... Um, I've reached maximum amount of hypercar input because yeah. there's 70,000 companies all doing it. And they're, I, they're just not relevant to me. At the same time, I really like that there's all these companies in doing things and building cars and you know innovating, yeah. whatever. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, no one cares about your car because nobody's going to buy it, and it's so expensive, it's not relative to me. Exactly. That's anyway, what I mean. It's not The relevant. technology for these one-off companies is never going to trickle down into a car I could ever hope of affording. When, when a real manufacturer does it, yes, then it, there is do, more. it can. So as amazing as these other Aston Martin Valkyrie and the Mercedes AMG Formula One Project One are, Porsche is confident that it can do better. In an interview with Australia's car sales, Stefan Weckbach Porsche's head of EV projects revealed that Porsche's 918 Spider hypercar successor, because we know the 918 was kind of their last big go with the hybrid technology. And, and that car, let's make a note now that that car is completely irrelevant. Yeah, no kidding. Anyways, their last uh, 918 Spider hypercar successor will be designed to outclass the best for Mercedes and Aston Martin. Porsche is receiving some input from Rymac. Well, they have a huge stake financial stake in yes. Rimac. So Rimac is the Croatian EV manufacturer that Richard Hammond almost died in driving their car. Yep. And uh, Porsche just upped its ownership in oh, the stake okay. to 15.5%. So it's no surprise that Porsche is planning electric power for its next generation hypercar. But here's what I found really interesting. So this, keep in mind, is Stefan Vakbach, the head of EV projects of Porsche. However, what form the hypercar's powertrain takes, be it full electrification of a or a hybrid system, Vekbach alludes to the fact that it will not have solid-state batteries, noting that, quote, solid-state battery tech is 7 to 10 years away from production viability, and Porsche hopes to have its 918 follow-up on the road by 2025. Okay, why is that? They just came out with a take hand. It's all ba battery-powered, and this guy's saying battery technology isn't there yet. He's, He's essentially saying battery what, tech is not there yet. Is a lithium-ion battery considered a solid-state battery? Yeah. Or, or, or is, are we thinking, um, yeah, it is, isn't it? That's a yeah. solid-state battery. Yes, it is. Yeah. I don't know. I found that interesting. 
he's probably maybe I'm reading about, into it too much. He's probably talking about the production viability for what they want to do for the discharge capacity of what they want the car sure. to be capable of. Like their goals of like we need the car to do this, and they look at the battery, and go, oh, that uh, battery I can't do it yet. It can't discharge the voltage without blowing the batteries up or right. overheating. So or well, it's. I guess leaves the door open. I don't know if it's going to be capacitors as well as batteries or a hybrid that charges capacitors or something yeah. to that weird effect. Okay, so we've got two more things before we leave. Okay. Um, we've got Buster Conrad's calling in again. Conrad. God damn Buster it. Conrad. Buster Conrad. Um, he's calling in again in a minute. And uh, we've also got uh, a little bit of a, hist- a little mini history thing that I want to share with you guys that I think is. It's really cool. And I'll actually try to stay with my face on the mic so you guys can actually still <laughs> hear me. All right. So this week in history, we used to do this sometimes. Yeah. And I was kind of looking around. I usually Jalopnik is posting the history thing, and it reminded sure. me to go look back at some of the older history. Oh, okay. So this week in history, uh-huh. the very first drunk driver was arrested. Okay. So what what timeline are we talking Okay. Here? So on September 10th, 1897. 1897. A, tw- 18, a 25-year-old London taxi driver named George Smith. What do you think? That's the name. He, his name was uh, actually like uh, like George uh, uh, George Smith. <laughs> yeah. uh. I live on one two three Main Street. <laughs> Hold on, though. What what kind of taxi driver is in eighteen ninety seven? What kind know. of car is this? He becomes the first person ever arrested for drunk driving after slamming his cab into a building. Oops. He later pleaded guilty and was fined twenty five shillings. You know this is old when it has to do with shillings. Yes. Exactly. By the way. In the United States, the first laws against operating a motor vehicle while under the influence of alcohol went into effect in New York in 1910. In 1936, Dr. Rolla Harger, Rolla, Rolla, he's rolling, a professor of biochemistry and toxicology patented the, wait for it, Drunkometer. <laughs> okay. A balloon-like device into which people would breathe to determine whether they were inebriated. Uh-huh. I'm wondering if they had like kind of like an idea of the density of the air that would come out of your lungs. I think it's more like they take it and then they put it up to a flame and see how much bigger the <laughs> flame gets. <laughs> uh, 1953, Robert Borkenstein, a former uh-huh. Indiana State Police Captain and University Professor who had collaborated with the Harger on the Drunkometer, invented the breathalyzer. Easier to use much, and more much, accurate than the, the Drunkometer. Drunkometer is such a better name, though. Drunkometer sounds like something that you would get in a video game. There's uh, like a... There's an old game called Bioshock, which some people will recognize, some people won't. But the Drunkometer would definitely be something that you would get in okay. Bioshock. The breathalyzer was the first practical device and scientific test available to police officers to establish whether someone had too much to drink. A person would blow into the breathalyzer, it would gauge the proportion of alcohol vapors in the exhaled breath, which reflected the level of alcohol in the blood. Despite the, I wonder, here, here's kind of a funny thing. What's that? How would they decide what was bad for the amount in the blood? They're like, all right, drink this. And then they were like, all right, walk around. Well, it still varies here, from state here, to state. Here, drink two of these. Walk around. Here, drink three of these. Yeah, before those, Bob, and that's where he couldn't walk anymore. And what's his blood alcohol? Co- okay. Here, drive this car right now. Let's yeah, see how you drunk go. you actually are. Uh, despite the stiff penalties and public awareness campaigns, drunk driving remains a serious problem in the United States. Each year. Oh, hold on. We've got uh, we've got Buster Conrad's calling in. Oh, um, awesome. Here we go. Hey, how are you, Chris and Jake? I'm good. We just finished up our news episode. We've been uh, waiting to hear from you. Hello? Today I'm in Detroit at a press conference GM is putting on for the Corvette. It's quite the event. There's one of each generation Corvette next to the podium, and the Beach Boys did a rousing live cover of Prince's Little Red Corvette. (laughs) The Beach Boys! (laughs) Whoa, whoa. I think it's about to begin. All right. 
We at General Motors are proud to announce that we have finally perfected the Corvette with a new mid-engine C8 generation, seeing Zora Arcus Duntoff's dream to completion. General Motors has a grand history of perfecting its products, such as the 1988 Pontiac Fiero, GMC <laughs> Typhoon, Pontiac G8, and 1996 Impala SS, just to name a few. Those don't seem perfect. Now that we have accomplished our goal of perfection, it will not be necessary to continue development, and 2020 will be the last year of Corvette production. Are you kidding me? Once you've climbed a mountain as great as this, there's no sense at just lingering at the top. Mid-engine and done, I guess. down from that mountain and get to work on the next big challenge. Yeah, they got a point. Our yeah, I guess so. performance model development will continue on with the Camaro line. We've been working on that one since the late 60s and have much work to do before reaching perfection. <laughs> That's true. The Golden Green plant will still be in operation. We are set to add additional staffing as we prepare to convert it from Chevrolet Equinox production. Fortunately for our shareholders, we haven't gotten the Silverado or Tahoe quite right yet, as those production lines are tremendously profitable despite their imperfections. We have been proactive in our profitability by launching a myriad of SUV and crossover lines, hedging our bets so that if one of them is perfected, ceasing production won't impact our bottom line significantly. <laughs> yes, I see there are some questions from the press. Brian Barker with AARP Auto Trans Magazine. <laughs> Excuse me, but uh, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> well, that was quite rude. I think question time is over. <laughs> well, Chris and Jake, there you have it. Uh, looks like the GM Smokespin is being led back into the building by a couple of large security guards. Uh, I suppose the uh, the silver lining to this is those C4s might eventually be worth something now. <laughs> wow, no, no kidding. Well, it's, uh, it's it was great hearing from you, man. Thanks for uh, hanging up on us as usual. Uh, <laughs> I guess he had somewhere to be. <laughs> Obviously so. Uh, maybe he's gonna go try and find a C four Corvette. That's that's what a weatherman that's certified in all fifty states would definitely drive. Well, you know, once you uh, hit that pinnacle of perfection, like they said, you don't just sit at the top of the mountain anymore. That's right. All right. So next Friday or this Friday, yes, is number ten to one on the best movie cars of all time and i know yes. that jake's excited for this i'm excited for it i haven't finished it yet but we have two interviews one is from a stunt driver that has driven some seriously cool stuff oh so awesome. we're going to interview him and we're going to talk a little bit about the cars too but i want i want to see if maybe i can pull some more information out of him and see what we can get him <laughs> to tell us about um because i'm really interested in hearing from him so um awesome. hop over to itunes leave us a five-star review if you like this podcast and don't be a jerk don't be selfish <laughs> If you like this podcast, tell your friends. Don't keep it to yourself. Yes. It's not nice. True. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Take care of yourself, and we will see you on